Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest, Lara Hyman, founder of Lit Yoga. But before I introduce you, in today's episode, we talk a lot about the importance of your network, hiring the right people, and asking for help when you need it. As you continue to learn and grow your own business, I invite you to join me in my new exclusive group, Founder Confidential. From exclusive podcast content, ebooks, and monthly Zoom lessons with Q&A, plus a Facebook group where you can connect with other founders, we'll cover various topics on founding, growing, and selling a business. From time to time, I'll bring on special guests and so much more. Click the link in my show notes for more information and to join. We're kicking off in April. So I love today's conversation because Lara Hyman is an incredible businesswoman, but like so many founders, she started her business out of her own pure passion, not because she necessarily had a plan in place. What I love the most about today's conversation is how honest Lara is about every bit of her journey. Lara Hyman is an international yoga pioneer and physical therapist focused on evolving the practice of yoga to empower movement and balance amidst a modern lifestyle of technology and sedentariness. She is redefining the modern practice of yoga through her comprehensive lit method, emphasizing smart alignment, functional movement, and spiritual spiritual wellness. Through its holistic connection between body and mind, Lara's methodology is a clear and influential roadmap to ignite the spirit to operate at its highest potential. Coined a yoga mama by students across the globe and a teacher of teachers, Lara is also a certified natural food chef natural from the Natural Kitchen Cooking School and holistic health coach from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, who champions healthy habits beyond the mat and advocates for the environment and all species of animals. So come on in and meet Lara Hyman, founder of Lit Yoga. All right. So today on Dear Founder, we have Lara Hyman from Lit Yoga. And I am just, we've, we just spent a few minutes talking. It was the first time I had met her and I can already tell we are on the same page and connecting about a lot of things as it, as it pertains to entrepreneurship. But before we kind of dive into everything, I want Lara to share her story. She has become a powerhouse in the fitness world online. And I would venture to say COVID probably had a lot to do with that in terms of her success and her popularity. But um, I am so excited. I am so excited to hear this story from you, Laura, and not just from your website. So welcome to Dear Founder. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I love talking to other female entrepreneurs. Of Need course. to be more of us. <laughs> yes, they're yes, and that is the goal of this. But tell us. Before we kind of dive into all the different nuances of being an entrepreneur, tell us about Lit Yoga and how you started and kind of how you took it to where it is today. Well, it's been a long journey. And, you know, if we had had this conversation prior to me starting it and anyone had asked me, did I think I would like become an entrepreneur, have my own business? I I never had that in my vision um, I've always been independent. I've always been passionate and a go-getter, but I had a path. I was a physical therapist. I had gone to graduate school and simultaneous to that, I was also a fitness instructor. I always loved fitness. I loved movement. I loved sports. I loved running. I loved dance. I just loved that feeling. I was, I just had such enthusiasm and joy when I was moving my body. So I was a physical therapist and kind of going on a a trajectory that many people do when they go to graduate school. I got a job, um, 
I got some extra skills. I got a postgraduate certification. I was helping to do some managing and I was simultaneously just at night, you know, teaching fitness and, and started to teach yoga when I had discovered that. And I probably would have honestly just stuck on that path. That was really what I had known. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home CEO of four. I'm a triplet. So my, oh my mom, God. yeah, I know. <laughs> so my mom really had to be at home. My dad was an orthopedic surgeon. So, you know, I was shown, modeled a very kind of um, classic division of roles. Um, I knew that I would always want to work for myself. My mom was really clear about that. Like she said early on, no matter what, always be able to provide for yourself, always be able to stand on your own two feet. And I think she said that out of um, not any resentment, but just that feeling of she was a very well-educated, very bright person, but did not have a craft, did not have a outside the the home life. And it, that feels like very, that doesn't feel very powerful. If, if something were to have happened to my dad, like to be, you know, stuck with four kids. So I think that really, that seed was planted. Like I am, no matter what, I'm always going to be able to rely on myself. So I did have that, but my husband was a professional actor early on. He was very used to chaotic, uh, you know, uncertainty with jobs and and so we decided to do a bike trip and that required that I quit my job because we were going across country. And when I did that, it was very scary because I had only known this stable path of, you know, somebody employs you, you, you have the education, you have the skills and you just go up the ladder. And by quitting it at a time where the healthcare system was really suffering, it was our first round of kind of Medicare, um, stuff where there were a lot of cuts in the hospital. So my, my employer was really honest and said, you have this, you know, you're at a kind of managerial position and, and we're not going to be able to take you back at that position. So, um, I left that and that was the first, I would say that was where I really first started to grow my wings, that feeling of, I have skills, I'm quitting a job. That's really great. And really, uh, you know, consistent and, reliable and stable. And I don't know what'll happen. And my husband, I just give him all of, you know, I really do give him the props. He was like, you're smart. You're going to be able to find a job. You have, you know, you're a physical therapist, blah, blah, blah. So when I came back from that, I started working for myself and I was doing private PT. I was doing per diem and immediately loved that feeling of like making my own schedule, deciding if I wanted a day off, I was always a hard worker. Uh, even when I had my nine to five job, I was teaching four or five classes a week. I was doing pride. So I was working a 10 hour day and, and, and loving it, never felt exhausted by it. So I knew I had the work ethic to work hard. And, you know, so I just did that for a while. And then I had my first um, child. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go right back whenever I'm, you know, like feel like it's the right time. And I started teaching yoga and it just didn't work out because I was nursing my daughter and it was too much time to be away. So I had some, some yoga people contact me and said, you know, do, would you teach us some privates, which again, I'd never thought of. So I started doing that in a garage studio at my house. So this was about, my daughter's now 19. So this was 19 years ago. And that really was the, the that was like the bud, you know, just starting something small and seeing, I think this is really key when you're growing something, is seeing that you are meeting a demand in a space that is not filled completely. Like there is, so I always say lit is bridging the gap between physical therapy and yoga because I had my PT clients and I had my yoga people. And there was this gap between where people were getting educated into physical therapy, but weren't getting enough time to then fulfill that in a, in a, in some kind of um, meaningful and, and longitudinal way. And then the yoga people loved yoga, but there was lacking some education about like how to actually take care of the body. You know, a lot of yoga um, traditionally has been known as being very bendy and things like that. And that was definitely glorified. And I think, you know, projected. So I started just merging these two loves of mine with this little laboratory of these women that came to my garage studio and they loved it. And it, then I, we built a house and I built a bigger studio 
I, that was 10 people I could accommodate. And soon, like within 18 months of doing that, I was teaching 18 classes a week with 10 people in your house with in the, it was a studio that was, yeah, part of our new house. And I had wait lists and I was like, this is crazy. And then I just, you know, so in a way I was kind of pushed into creating something more because it just wasn't sustainable the way it was. Like you weren't scaling it, like, and more people wanted it. More people wanted it. And I I was like, okay, well, I need to, A, I need to teach people how to teach this style that I had kind of developed merging the physical therapy and yoga. And if I do that, I need to have a studio so that they can teach there. And so I opened up a studio nine years ago. And then that really started to, um, escalate the process. Can you also, sorry, can you mention where was your studio? Cause I just want, uh, yeah, I'm in Princeton, New Jersey. So, um, I, and, and when I opened the studio, mind you, I had no business background. Like I, when, you know, when I was talking, I talked to friends who were business people. I had a lot of people, and this is really important to realize too, there, I had people who were compelled to help me. Like that's what I think happens when you're onto something and you're passionate and you don't necessarily have the skill sets. People want to come in and help you. I had so many people who came up and said, Laura, do you need help with this? I would love to help you with a business plan. Cause I'm like, what's a business plan? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, as long as the bank account is, is in the, you know, in the green and not in the red, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. And they're like, no, no, you gotta, you have to plot out. You have to, you know, what are your, what are your goals? I, I didn't have any goals. I was just like, really, I'm, and I were serving the need. Yeah. I was feeling a need. And to this day, that is an existing issue. I still have, but fortunately I have, you know, a team that helps with that, but I'm very present, you know, like my husband wants to plan a trip in six months. And I'm like, I can barely think of six days. Like I, I, that's a really good thing about me, but it's hard when you're talking about goals and what you want to be doing and plotting things out. So I, um, yeah, so the, the studio, and then I started some online stuff on another platform and just started to travel a little bit with it. Social media started, um, getting a, you know, a bit more, I knew I had to join that. I didn't know anything about Instagram. I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> and so now it's like, you're, oh my God, you're like huge on Instagram now. Yeah. So. And yeah. So it just, it's like, it, it, I did the things that people told me to do. And that's where I'm also really good. It's like, I know my talent and there's a lot of things I'm not talented in, but I'm, I'm curious as a founder. I'm also, I don't have founder syndrome at all. I'm very, you know, we're, we're, I just hired a business partner. We're looking at ways that we can change some stuff up. And, and so I think I had the ingredients to be a successful founder. And that is that I had the passion I didn't have any um, kind of bias or like grasping that that had to be a certain way. I really wanted it to be a, you know, a studio and then a brand that really served as many people as possible. And that was my ultimate goal. So it just continued to grow. And once I had the online stuff, um, that's what really helped me reach uh, an international presence in ways that, you know, when you're in a small, like Princeton's a town of 30, 40,000, I kind of knew like, no matter what, no matter how great my yoga is, there's only so many people I'm going to tap into here, you know, so I've got to do other things. So I started an online um, platform. It's now three years old. And then right before COVID for the year and a half before COVID, I developed an online training. I'd been doing in-person trainings for 10 years and that was like, I could have 30 people max. Like, it's just a lot to have 30 individuals that you're handling. Um, and now we have over a hundred in each training. Like it's a very different model and it's, it's scaled, but I was prepared for COVID because I had already made the training. It wasn't like I had to like quickly, you know, pivot. I, I already had it. I and so the people who get trained by you are trained in the lit method and exactly. they can then teach it anywhere in the world. Exactly. We, so we have people literally in every continent except Antarctica teaching. Um, we have 800 teachers all around the world. It's really amazing. And they are, they're the spokespeople. They're going, they're so passionate about it as well. And I think that's the other thing is when you have any product or service that is, um, inherently like valuable and 
it it can be scalable because people that get behind it are like that. They're the zealots, you know, and that's what you need. Laura, you're, I, I like really sat back and I wanted you to just keep, you know, keep talking because your story is phenomenal. I took so many notes and there's so many things I want to unpack here. I, the first thing I want to say, and this is like an aside from businesses, I can't believe you have a 19 year old. Oh, bless your heart. I mean, for <laughs> most of you guys are listening, but if you watch on the YouTube channel, I mean, Laura looks like she's in her twenties, maybe 30 at most. Really? Oh, like, I love you. <laughs> I mean, I, when you said that, I was like, huh, you know, so Wow. I need to get get onto the lit method train. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are, there are so many things that I want to kind of address with you here. And I think, you know, first and foremost, I I would love for you to kind of talk about how COVID impacted your business, not just with the training and how you were set up before COVID, which that was kind of like really just a stroke of luck more than anything, Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but you had a business in place that was COVID proof almost, yeah. you know? Yes. And so you were set up before a lot of these other instructors were able to get set up. So you were able to provide, you know, the service on March 14th or March 15th when the world shut down and everyone else was kind of scrambling about what to do. So I would love for you to kind of go into how this has changed your business and then how coming out, out of COVID once we hopefully do, you think it will impact your business? Well, we already had a pretty strong subscriber group, right? As COVID hit, but it, we certainly have, have, you know, grown exponentially since then. And I do think the fact that it was already a really, uh, a great quality product. It was, you know, I, I have, I'm in my like production, um, year right now, but I mean, we already had you know, high quality camera, lighting, mic and everything. So it wasn't, I was used to, I mean, I had taught already hundreds of classes. So I was very used to, so all of those elements, because you can be really good at something, but it doesn't always transfer in a different medium, you know? And um, I was very, I had been filming for over four years regularly. So I was really comfortable in front of the camera. So I, I think that that number one helps just in terms of like when you get onto something and you can see that it has, it's a quality, it's quality made. Uh, we, that's a visceral feeling. So there is some kind of buy-in just to know that it's a, you know, people like to know that they're getting something that's, um, you know, well-packaged, yeah. you know, so it was so the, well, the, it was well-packaged. Um, what we, where we changed some and grew some is that we had really, had a kind of a pretty, I don't want to say a narrow um, audience, but people that were already interested in yoga who already had a practice that was pretty strong. Um, We did have some beginner classes, but not as much as we have now. We have over 800 classes in our library. And, you know, at the beginning of COVID, a majority of them would be classified as intermediate or more. So I had always been a yoga teachers teacher. A lot of yoga teachers would come to me and then eventually maybe take my training. So we did uh, realize like we have a lot more opportunity and eyeballs on us. And so we really worked on creating programs and classes that were meeting more needs. Um, we, we also offered, we changed our subscription a little bit. So we offered different tiers. Um, and that just allowed us to really uh, open up to more people. Um, and this is our, you know, we continue to work on this. Like, how do we get the people who have an idea that yoga is not for them? Because this is to, to me, yoga is about this way of, of moving and living and living your life with as much awakeness. You know, we could really walk through life kind of half awake on in, you know, just doing the same thing over and over. It's almost like groundhog day. We, we do this and we don't even realize it because it is kind of a path of least resistance. And for people who are just overwhelmed, uh, you know, with the state of COVID or anything else, like it's just, you know, it's, it's enough to just kind of go through the day. And so what I'm trying to do is say, hey, whatever form of movement that is going to make you feel clearer, more vibrant, happier, and possibly more energized, let's go for that. So that's been something we've worked on too, is really changing the conversation. My, my podcast is called Redefining Yoga, and it's really trying to get more people um, 
have it more accessible for more people so that they don't think it's just for, um, you know, skinny, bendy white women, you know, it's, it's more than that. And so we've done a kind of like, especially with COVID with more stuff, video wise, we brought more people that, um, with diversity, you know, that, um, so that we are trying to get, so everybody can see somebody that might look like themselves on there. So it's not just everybody's looking at me. I think I'm a good model for movement because I've really embodied this. I understand it so well. So I'm kind of like a machine in that my my education is really infiltrated my movement. So I think I'm a good visual for that, but I wanted to bring on many other people. So we've done that. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, no, no, that was great. So we, one of the things I want to go back to, um, I, I want to go back to the fact that you said, you know, I didn't have any business experience. I had no plan. What's a business plan, you know? And, and even before that, when you were doing yoga, when you started doing privates and the reason I'm surmising that people asked you for privates and gravitated towards you was not because of the yoga. It was because of you and because of how you were doing the yoga and what you were teaching them and how you were teaching them. And so, you know, I want to go back to this because I think it's so important. And I say this all the time to clients and on the podcast, but you have really built a business off of being yourself and being true to what it is you want to share. And so I'd love for you to kind of touch upon that a little bit because you know, you said, I didn't even think about doing privates and, right. but like people clearly wanted to be in your presence and they still do as you are on, you know, the worldwide interwebs now across, you know, continents. So I, I want you to talk about you showing up and like how you do that in, in a way that is compelling for people. Well, thank you. I, I really, I'm very humbled by that. And I, you know, some of it is, I think, um, a recognition that I had a lot of things going for me from the time I was born. I mean, I had a loving family. I'm a triplet. I was treated, you know, as um, totally equally capable and everything. So, you know, I, I just was, it was reinforced to me a lot. I could be whatever I wanted. So I was given a lot of confidence just... <laughs> just out of luck. Right. So I think what I, people are drawn to a woman who is, I'm not afraid, you know, I'm not a, like, I I've never measured myself against other women or against men. Like, I just know that. So I think I model that. And I model that, um, we all have a lot to learn. Like I'm also like, I, I know I'm intelligent, but I'm, I'm always willing to learn more. And you know, I'm also really own the fact that I truly believe I can help almost anybody that comes my way. And that's just a lot of experience, a lot of passion and knowledge. And so I think the confidence is really, it's big. I, I think that a lot of women don't naturally have confidence. And that's not something that I would love to see more. I'm very much a, I love women. I want to elevate every woman that comes my way. And so when I have women that come to me, um, my, my job is not just to make them move better. It's to make them actually believe in themselves. So that comes in subtle ways. I think that, you know, again, if we model it, it is, it is an invitation for everyone else to show up as well. So I think some of that is just a natural, um, something that I was gifted and I feel an inherent responsibility knowing that a lot of other women were not given that. Um, their messages were stronger. The conditioning was heavier or whatever. I just, I never was subjected to that in that way. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to do the best I can to really elevate women in particular, because I think, you know, I love men too, but I, I think that they, they get a little easier pass in this world. And so I, I you know, I've been in meetings where I just never looked at anybody as being better than me. I don't care who it was or, or less than me. So it's just, I think some of that is, you know, like my work ethic and I, and as a founder, I'm, I'm going to get on the ground and do what I have to do. I'm going to scrub the floor. Like I was at the studio. I didn't put anything below me. 
So I think that, uh, again, that not everybody does that and they're, they're very successful. But for me, it's really important that I'm always in it to some degree, but I'm at the same time, not attached to being like the face of it, you know? So for me, when we actually rebranded to lit, um, I really, I wasn't at all, I didn't want my name in it. And, you know, my branding people were like, you are the face of it. Like, you know, they're coming for you. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, we kind of compromised with, I, cause I always used acronyms, which is a very medical thing. And so lit stands for Lara's yoga technique but people just say lit. They're like, oh, I did lit today. And it's like, they they have ownership over that. And they're saying it as it's making them feel lit or whatever it is. And it's so it's a little piece of me is in it, but it's not the center. And I love that. I just love that. And so I don't know if that answered your question. But yeah, think- no, it, yeah, no, it does. And we're going to go back to your work ethic in a second. But it's interesting what you said, because I, right before we hopped on this, I had a conversation with someone and, and it goes back to something you just said. Another founder who was on here a, a bit ago, we haven't dropped her episode yet, um, was saying, she was saying on social media today, how she had this like major meeting with like a huge, huge, huge person in her space. And she was so nervous. And I messaged her and was like, you're going to be great. Just like share your story. And she was like, I needed that, you know? And I was like, Hey, guess what? And it goes back to exactly what you just said. I go, she's just a person just like you and me. And I was like, she started somewhere too. And you've built something amazing already. Just think of where it's going to go. I said, so just get in that room and be yourself just like you were with me. Don't worry about who's in it and who that person is because it's, we're all the same. We're all human. Yep. Exactly. And you just said that. And it's just so important not to get hung up on the who it is and what they've accomplished, but just know that we've all been in the same place at some point. Yeah, absolutely. We're just and on I, different schedules, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if I can, I've also seen um, just in our, in different walks, like I'm sure you have too, people that I, that I would look at, like, I love the way that person is doing this. And I've also seen people who haven't. And I've always thought like, I will never be that way. I will never be too busy to not attempt to message people back. Like they're shocked when I message them back. And I'm like, you took the time to write me. I'm going to take the time to write you back. Sometimes it just happens that literally I don't see it because there's so much, right. There's so many and they get kicked off, but you know, little things like that. Like I, I will, I will never be too busy or, or, or ever too important for goodness sakes that I wouldn't do that because, and so I think that's a, those, those are like, I think that is what really makes a person, you know, and I, I think that it is so important that you're saying that. And I really appreciate you saying that because also today I was having these thoughts, someone that I have been following for a very long time and someone who, um, you know, I've taken a couple of their classes and, have conversed with on Instagram. And all of a sudden this person, I, I I feel like thinks that they've gone from like here to here. And like, it's not like they have millions and millions of followers. Like they don't like you have a much bigger online social presence than they do even. And I'm getting messages back from the so-and-so team and like Emily from so-and-so and like, that's fine. I understand because I also understand what it is to be the face of a brand. I did that for a long time, but you know, I also inserted myself often in my, in the bump club, social media, even when it was someone else, I, you know, I would say, leave the messages that, you know, are for me, for me, and don't sign them from you. And so, and I, and I agree with what you're saying that like, you just can, you can't lose sight over who you are and think that you're so important now because you're making X amount of money or you have X number of followers. So thank you for saying that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I I totally agree. I, and I don't know if that's just like, you know, to me, it's good manners. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like really into good manners. I can't always do it the best, but I'll try. And that's where, again, it's all a level playing field. Like, you know, um, yeah, we all have a lot going on. There's, but at the, at, at its basis, we're here. uh, If my job is to serve and whether I'm getting paid or not, I, I, you know, that is my, that's my goal. Well, and I also think there are of course things that we outsource as founders and entrepreneurs, and you have to, you and I both know that, 
but I don't, I don't plan to want or want to outsource myself. And like, no, that's what I've always said too. When people have said, Oh, do you want me to take over this? And I'm like, no, I will always respond. Like if it's my Instagram account, it should be from me. And, and, you know, and, you know, and maybe one day I will need help and maybe one day you will need help. So it's hard to say, but I'd rather and sooner outsource other things. Yeah. Oh, I love outsourcing other things. So I'm, I'm really good. What do you, what are your big things that you outsource? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, communication with different, I mean, we have, we, I have my own team, but then there's, you know, I have a website team. I have a ad design team. Um, you know, we have an e-commerce team. It's like, and there's some meetings I just don't need to be on. Right. You know, it's just like, it's relaying information. It's seeing how a project is going. Um, and then somebody communicates kind of the, the cliff notes of that meeting, but I don't need to be in on all of those. those and are, it's important I, to know that it's important to know when you need to be there and when you don't, because your time is valuable and you have a team for that reason. So yeah, exactly. You know. So, um, you know, all of that customer service that, that, um, there's a lot of customer service whenever you have an online platform, I don't deal with any of that unless it's a suspicion. Again, if they say, I would love to know Laura's thoughts on this, they will forward that email to me, but those just kind of technical to all the tech, I don't deal with any of that. Um, any of the, the media stuff that needs, unless again, that there, I need to, you know, see an edit or something that I have a whole media team. Who's great at that. So, you know, that that's how you can, you know, preserve my inner, your energy. And I think it takes a while to build that. And, um, and that, but, you know, one of my suggestions to anybody who's starting something is really get rid of the things that, that drain your energy as quickly as possible. It, it is so worth the money down the road because you will sustain your energy at what like you're doing well and, you know, my team knows the goal is to keep Laura creative and energized and, you know, and all of that. And so I'm lucky because I also have people that are, they wake up and they're excited about work too, because we've all kind of, you know, you just find the area that you're, that you're vibrating high in and, and, um, that does take time and it, you know, will take resources, but anyone that's starting a company really, that's, that's the only way I think you're going to be successful. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. I want to go back to your work ethic because you said something in the beginning of the conversation. You said that you loved what you did. And so you just, you just did it. And so, and you were working like these 10 hour days. Do you think that you would have been able to do it and work those 10 hour days if you didn't love what you were doing? No, (laughs) no, absolutely not. You know, and it doesn't mean, I mean, as we're always on it, it doesn't mean every aspect. I mean, there's parts of working in physical therapy, the, the eight to five job that were a little tiring, writing notes or, or dealing with, you know, you're always going to have some part of it. That's not, that will take, you know, some of that energy, but no, I, I loved it. And I didn't do it because fortunately, you know, that I was rubbing pennies together, but I was also, also very, I was very financially um, prudent. And I think I had the good fortune to be able to be that way, but nonetheless, you know, I've, I remember reading somewhere that you always want to 
like act like you're, you know, you're looking like a pauper, but with the bank account of a king. And so I also think growing up with brothers, I've never, ever been drawn into the things that that where women in particular can spend a lot of money on. So I was a big saver. And I think that there was maybe again, it goes back to my mom. Like I loved working. I loved it making money working, but it was like, I was working in a way again, that was feeding me in, in multiple ways. And it just felt good to be independent and in doing that. But I know if I didn't enjoy it, there's 10 hours of it, it would have been drudgery. And I knew that was going to be your answer. Yeah. But I just, yeah. I wanted everyone to hear that. So one of the things that you've done, and I don't know that you've even realized that you've done this because of the way that you described it, but you've created a brand ambassador program, whether you call it that or not, you have these trainings and you've trained instructors, trained instructors. And like you said, they are your word of mouth marketers all over the globe. And a lot of people come to me often for brand ambassador help um, because when I had Bump Club, I also had these word of mouth marketers. I had moms in 25 cities across the country. And it's a lot to, to create a program like that and manage a program like that. And whether or not you're calling it a brand ambassador program, like these people are training and learning your method and using your name. So they are your brand ambassadors. What would you tell someone who wants to start a brand ambassador program to help them scale? Because this is an amazing way, whether you realize it or not, to help your business scale. No, I do realize that I actually had a um, a friend who said to me a couple years back, you know, you have that ingredient that Peloton has. You have a zealot following. And that is what anyone who wants to scale needs. Yes. You have all these people who are you know, like with any product service, they love it and they want to tell people about it. And then this is a step further where people have actually gone through the training and are teaching and want to tell people about it. So I would say, yes, if you're providing a service or you have a product and you feel so strongly how it's changed your life, I think ultimately, you know, it's going to do that for other people and they will naturally talk about it. Um, same thing when I started my studio. I, I didn't do any any kind of advertising for the first two years. It was absolutely word of mouth, just like at my home, because I started that at my home studio. Yeah. And I saw real hand how powerful word of mouth is. And so I would say whether it's an ambassadorship or just really know your core are the most value. And, and, and you know, that I've I knew this intuitively. And of course, all the business people are like, you pay attention to whatever the five percent. Who are spending the eighty percent? But, but it's funny because sometimes, like as business owners, like we don't need, like you don't run the formula. You know what I mean? Like right. you just know because that's inherent to you know, like you know, is you know, you're intuitive, and that's why you've gotten this far. Yeah, I knew it because I would meet somebody who lived in another state, and they're like, "My cousin takes yoga with you," and da, 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 you know, and just and they were coming into you know, it's just like again, if people love something, they will naturally share it. And, you know, I'm always thinking of ways I can reward people. Like I am really into, I want to give back. And so this has actually been a conversation. How do we do these kind of reward? Like, you know, and some people are like, you don't have to reward them this. They want to talk about it, but I do think it would be fun to um, think of something that could be, you know, just a, like tangible kind of, you know, I see you and I appreciate you kind of reward. So we're actually talking about that right now because it is so strong and it's in the teacher training. It's in the the community as well, but it's really, it's, it's an energy that you can't pay for. Like, no, you just can't. No. And you know, it's funny because you say how you took yourself out of the lit brand and you didn't want to, you know, be the face and you know, but you, but you still are, you know, I mean, yeah, you still, yeah. you still are and you know that. And, but people gravitate towards you. And you also said, you know, people are compelled to help people that they believe in. And by you putting your face on it and you opening up and by you sharing and being a part of it, people are invested in you and they want to help you. I mean, I had someone reach out to me that like, I'd been following this girl on Instagram and she'd been following me, but we'd never really talked. And, and like, we had some mutual friends, but, and she wrote me like the night I responded to some random picture she put up of a sushi roll. And I was like, Oh, I love that place. And she wrote me the nicest note and was like, 
I've heard that you're doing great things. I'd love to get grab coffee because if I can help you in any way, I want to help you. And you know, there you go. Right. And so, and I'm sure you've had so many of those moments as well. I have, I mean, I've literally had people come to me and say, I feel compelled to help you. Like, you know, it's almost like they don't know it either, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think that is, you want to be in this orb of excitement and passion. And, um, and then if you see like, here's something I could do to get into that orb that could be helpful, that would grow, you know, it's just, it's, it's um, reciprocal. And I think, again, that is like the essence of humanities, you know, back in the day, it was like, we had neighborhoods and we were like taking care of it's changed a little bit. And that's unfortunate. We do it in different ways now. Um, and it's like, we lend a helping hand because we see that, um, the value in that, and it feels good. And, and I, I, I've had like, honestly, the business person I just hired came to me from, I have friends who are in the business world and they're always giving me advice. And I'm like, I need to hire somebody. So I don't actually always ask you, even though they don't mind. It's like, and, you know, finally it came around that I, they, there was this wonderful person that was came recommended, but yeah, it is like, there's a lot of people who want to help out. And I try and continue that. Now my teachers will say, Hey, I had this uh, private client and this is what I saw. And I think I know what it is, but I really wanted your eyeballs on it. Um, I want to give back. So I'll just say, yeah, that you were right on, but I would also look at this and it's, you got to keep it going. Right. And that feels good. That doesn't feel energy draining to me. That is no. And that's part of, it's part of this is, is giving, you know, you have what to give and other people have what to give back to you. And it's, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I love hearing you say it. Like I say things like this all the time, but it's so nice when someone else is saying it too, because I, 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 you've built a business on this notion. I have built one business and now I'm hopefully building a second build business on this notion. And it's so important to, and also to accept the help. Oh yes. Cause we were, you know, we were talking ahead of time. Like it is at the end of the day, a still a road that you are doing a lot of the, at least at first, the heavy lifting and, um, doing it by yourself, it, you're just not going to go very far I, it, or it's going to take a long time or it's going to exhaust you. And I think it's really, really important to realize, like I knew intellectually right away, I did not know business stuff. I was interested. I took courses. I read books. I asked questions I, to me. And I say this a lot in my training, there is no dumb question. You like, why don't we always have a beginner's mind? Like, I don't understand this. Can you break that down for me? Like people are excited to teach you something. And so they're not like looking at you like, she is probably shouldn't be doing what she's doing if she doesn't know this, right? I, to this day, I just had a meeting and, and I, they were telling me some hours of stuff. And I'm like, can you tell me what is going into those hours? Like, A, I want to know financially because I'm paying for it, but it's also, you stay curious about the process and, you don't have to do it all, but you do need those helping hands, whether you're paying for them or people that like, again, that just want to come and give you some like tidbits of advice. I've gotten so many little buzzings in my ear that were by knowing that I paid for and I made changes based on those things. Cause I was like, wow, that person is. And they impacted open. your business. Absolutely. So have an open mind. That's the other thing. It's really important. So important. Um, yeah. I mean, even today, if somebody said, you've got to totally overhaul this and do this, I would pause, of course, but I would, I'm not attached to like, you know, keeping everything the way it is. At is all. there anything that you would have done differently thus far? Um, I can't really think of anything. I think that, you know, outside of business, I think, and I, I honestly could say now, I don't think I'd do anything different because the outcome has been worth it. But I, I do think it's important to know, like I have not always been the best friend, um, the best, you know, I would parent, I always put like my kids yeah. at work. These are like, you know, yeah. so I think in terms of, I don't have any regrets, but I wish early on, I knew like you, there's, you're going to make decisions and you're, you're going to have to make them. And people in your my life might not like that you're like working all the time. 
And so I think that's a really, you know, that's an honest thing to just tell someone is like, it's like you mentioned, like I told you the, the first thing I wrote read when you, um, in, in like your little, uh, like summary was that it's lonely. It can be a lonely road and it's not that it's lonely, but you are making choices that sometimes people aren't going to get people that aren't entrepreneurs, the people that aren't working for themselves, they're not going to see like you are, you're hauling ass and you, you know, like you don't have time to put the stuff down and go and do something perceived as fun. Like my, my, I have been super, super committed. So I guess early on, maybe if, if I were to, I just would have liked to know, like, this truly is, you're going to make some choices. And yeah. Um, again, I don't have, I'm happy with the choices I made, but I think it's, it would probably would have prepared me more. That's such able- good advice. That's such yeah. good advice. Cause I couldn't agree with it more. Yeah. Lastly, because I want to be mindful of our time, and I, I I do like to end on this with everyone, is I would love for you to provide three tips for an entrepreneur or a founder who's just getting started, three tips that they can take away from this conversation. Well, one, I will say, get help. <laughs> and if you don't have any money or a lot of money, um, don't be afraid to ask for help because there's always something you can give back. You know, you can, um, you know, for me, like I got early help in business stuff from business people. And I would say, Hey, I'd love to give you a private, even though they didn't ask for that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like that made me feel good. So not that it's transactional, but energetically, I felt I wasn't just taking, taking, right. So I I would really don't be afraid and, and absolutely ask for help. It is imperative if you're if you're starting your own business. Um, secondly, I would get really like painstakingly clear about your mission. Um, and I've learned that over the years too. Like you can't be too broad, and it's really. And my mission has always been the same, but I've the ability to articulate it well is and crystallize it so you could explain it to anyone is very important because you're going to meet a lot of people and you like you said you won't even know the impact you'll have but if you can explain your mission and what your job your product your your service is about very succinctly and how it is special right how it differentiates itself so when i first started talking about my business i would talk about it's a, a kind of like you know it's a form of vinyasa and it's like that, no, that's too nebulous. Like I had to go right into it. So get really clear about your, your mission. And um, that will help you also determine your goals. Because if you're all kind of really big and broad and um, it, it, it's it's going to take you longer. So, and then, you know, finally be really tender on yourself. This is a very challenging, but extremely rewarding job avocation. I look at it as avocation. Avocation is a calling. Like, and that's another thing I'd say is be tender on yourself. And also in those moments, if you are unsure, be that's okay too. Like, is this, like we've talked about, this is a calling. I, I've been doing this and I never, like when I have teachers who are like, huh, how do you not get burned out? I'm like, hmm, I don't get burned out. I don't. And that's because I do believe it's a calling, but I'm also, I take a lot of good self-care. And I think that's important and whatever form that would be, but be really tender on yourself because you're outputting a lot. And so you better be inputting just as much. And also, you know, if you do feel like you're not waking up excited about it, it's okay. That might not be your thing. And I think that's important to learn early on too. There's people that have ideas and they try to, you know, start something and, um, be like, just be okay. Be tender with yourself. It might not turn out the way you want it to, but if you're passionate about it, um, take care of yourself. Lara Hyman from Lit Yoga. Thank you so much for being on Dear Founder today. This conversation was amazing. And I know that so many people are going to take away so many bits of your knowledge. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay. It was really an honor to be on here. I appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Lara was such a pleasure to talk to, and she shared so much of her journey in an incredibly candid way. 
Now I want you to take out your pen and paper because it's time to write down Laura's takeaways. Number one, know your talent and know what you're not talented in. Number two, don't ever be too busy or too important to respond to your messages. Don't forget your manners. You don't have to do it the best. All you have to do is try. Number three, when you have people who love your service or product and want to tell people about it, you have to capitalize on that moment. If you have a product that you feel so strongly how it's changed your own life, you know it will likely do the same for others and they'll naturally share it and talk about it. Number four, stay curious about the process. You don't have to do it all. Take the help, take the advice, and make the changes based on what is shared with you. Have an open mind. Number five, know that if you're starting a business, you may not always be the best friend. You're going to make decisions and you're going to have to make them. And people in your life might not like that you're working all the time. Number six, you make choices that you're going to have to make choices that sometimes people who are not entrepreneurs are going to understand or see. Number seven, get help. If you don't have the money or a big budget, don't be afraid to ask for help. You can always give back. Number eight, get really clear about your mission. That will help you to determine your goals. Number nine, be tender on yourself. It's challenging but rewarding to do this, meaning be an entrepreneur, but this is a calling. If you you have to take a lot of good self-care. You're outputting a lot, so you have to be inputting just as much. Number 10, if you wake up and you're not feeling excited, this honestly just might not be your thing, and that's okay. Thank you so much, Laura Hyman, for your wisdom and for sharing your story and your journey with us. And I cannot thank all of you for being here and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Founder. Make sure that you're following Lindsay Pinchuk and Dear Founder on Instagram. And go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources. We have some amazing guests coming up. I cannot even begin to tell you how many incredible conversations I have already have and the ones that I have coming up soon. So make sure that you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever it is that you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business, just like Lara, or who started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, text them this episode or post it to your Instagram. Make sure to tag me. I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back soon with another episode of Dear Founder.